Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg reminding you to stay safe out there and reminding you also that we are here for you at the College Football Film Room podcast. So hopefully you guys are doing all right, continuing the proper hygiene and social distancing as we all try to get through this coronavirus pandemic together. Chris, you holding up all right? You've been watching old bowl games? What, what kind of film have you been putting <laughs> in lately? No, no, I've been working working on uh, draft stuff, as you well know, and getting ready. But, you know, there's a lot of recruiting stuff that's going on. And so doing those two things is really what I've been focusing on. And, um, you know, the, the only thing that's really missing is, um, is, is no spring practice. And, and we're getting to the point April 15th would have been the day we're, we're getting close to, well, we're not going to have sp- uh, spring evaluation period for recruiting. So um, it, it's from the, from the college standpoint, everyone's trying to go through contingency plans. Um, I know we're going to get into some of the news, but the SEC has announced it and everyone else, well, the Big 12 has as well, that they're going to allow teaching with a limited number of hours, um, you know, online teaching to where you can basically, you know, teach the game of football a couple hours a week and do it, do it in the, in the modern age world. I always said as bad as it is, at least we're in a modern age world. Could you imagine uh, this happening in a different time where you have no ability to communicate uh, other than by phone uh, teaching is very, very difficult, but being able to do it in interactive, you know, way uh, that's what's, that's what we're, uh, you know, we're, we're up to at this point, what we're up against and everyone's concerned about the season, whether we're going to have it, everybody's asking. There's nobody that has the answer, Scott, as you well know. But as we get deeper and deeper into it, you know, we're getting to where, all right, things, uh, and I know you're going to talk about it in a second, get to it, but as we're getting towards the spring events, well, those are canceled. And already the, um, basically the spring media day, uh, excuse me, the, the July media day in SEC, that's not going to happen. We knew that wasn't going to happen anyway. You can do that electronically. But, you know, so now as we're getting closer and closer, the concern's going to be, all right, wait a minute. You know, we're, we're no longer at this point, the season is far enough away that everyone's holding out hope. But we're all sitting there waiting to see what's going to happen, how much better it's going to get. Do we have do we see the end of this? Can people start going back to work? Can people start going back to school? Because if those things don't happen, well, then we're not we're not going to have a football season. I mean, it's common sense. So and we need all those other things to happen more than well, more than we need football and, and we need football for the economy and everything that's involved with it. But we need, we need people to get back to their jobs and we need people to get back to school and do things that, um, that are, that are crippling right now, our society, but everybody is sitting there at home. Athletic directors, administrators are all working from home and they're all trying to coaches are communicating with their players through the, the different social media avenues and video conferencing stuff. It's, it's just, it's almost, uh, surreal really when you think about it 
Well, you mentioned the SEC, uh, the spring meetings, or you mentioned media days. The SEC announced that it's going to cancel the annual spring meetings. Right. Uh, it was originally supposed to be the last week of May in Florida. Um, and it's it's kind of, it brings together all the presidents, the chancellors, everybody, the athletic directors. This is like a big convention of sorts right. for the Southeastern Conference. As, as far as the college football game goes, what goes on really at the SEC meetings? Are we talking about possible rule changes uh regulations restrictions things like that all of the above yes and just you know uh operative measures listen let's call it like it is it's important but it's not necessary that they go to these you know they go to these lavish sites it's a it's a you know it's a lot of uh a lot of fun along with the with the meetings you can handle those things through teleconferencing so i mean it's not yeah, going to be as fun you can do all of that uh, so that's not, and, and obviously you can't be doing something like that, you know, and in, in today's current environment, you, you can't have our leaders doing stuff like that in college athletics. So, you know, what is going to be done is some of it's, you know, if it's not essential, Scott, they're just going to table it until, you know, maybe next year or, you know, if it, you know, if it is important, what they're going to do is they're going to have conference calls. I can tell you this, that, the athletic directors and and the the faculty representatives they're they're in constant contact with their their league office in their specific leagues uh, about you know what they're doing and how they're doing it uh, and and kind of where they are okay what's the next step and, and everybody's just kind of in a wait and see mold and um, the one thing though I think it exposes again is every conference has to do their own thing. And I think that, you know, people are communicating, you know, commissioner, commissioner, how you guys handle it, what you think. And, well, we're going to do this. And that's a good idea. But, you know, it, it just screams out again. And I don't want to get into it because we've got bigger problems in the, in the world, but it just screams for better leadership in college football that oversees yeah. all of the college where you can sit there and say, cause like right now it's, they're going to have to look at, all right, look, the SEC and the Big 12 has announced that they're going to have the video conferencing teaching. Well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I expect the Big 10 to do it pretty quickly. I expect the ACC and the Pac-12 to do it. If you but don't, we don't then, have one organized yeah, body that's making yeah. a decision for everybody. So, I yeah. mean, if one starts, then the other, you know, I mean, we're going to hear one of the conferences say, I mean, Lincoln Riley's already come on so well. It's <laughs> unfair advantage. You know, this guy is more spring practice. Well, look, there's some people that had a few spring practices and some didn't have any. And the way it's looking like, there's no chance of having any more spring practices. Now, we discussed it last week. If there is a time frame to allow some practices prior to fall camp, summer camp, you know, I, that's going to be looked at. The NCAA will step in and try to help with that. But we can't – you can't make any decisions. that Oh, yeah, well, this is going to do August 1st. We don't know. We're trying to figure out right now – we know enough to know that like, like for example, the big 10 came out and announced cause they had announced they suspended all activities through April 6th. Well, we're sitting here and as obviously this show's drop, it's April 1st. They've already announced now it's now, I think it's May 14th or so, middle of May. So they're just basically, well, we know we got to extend this. It's just like the, you know, it's mirroring what we're doing in society and that will continue by all the conferences. But I think the big thing right now is to figure out, you know, how can you help your coaches and your staff? 
your strength and conditioning staff and your your position coaches and your coordinators and everybody how can they communicate with one another legally with 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 the you know respecting social distancing uh can you get together and have meetings through you know video conferencing coaches meetings you know regular and then can you meet with your players how often i think that needs to be that's the first thing that needs to be handled right now strength coach player need to talk what are you doing and you know we talked last week how much can they do and what do they have access to in terms of weights and training so that's what needs to be done and then in big picture you know, th- there was somebody that did a, an anonymous survey of athletic directors, and more than 50% feared that we wouldn't have a college football season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's speculative. I mean, at this point, why would you think that, that you know, that certainly not being pessimistic or optimistic, but being realistic or being analytical, you'd have to say that, man, things are going to have to get a lot better because if kids are not going back to school, if people can't go back to work, we're not playing college football. Okay. So right now it's not in our future, but I don't know what May 1st is going to bring. I don't know what June 1st is going to bring or July 1st. Let's hope for progress to where we can move towards it. But there's a lot of concern and there's a lot of economic concerns as there is in this country. We're concerned about people dying and the health, but we're concerned about you know, the negative effect from the economy and people losing jobs and the ancillary effects of, you know, there are a lot of people in college athletics, and I'm not talking about smaller colleges, but bigger colleges thinking that if we don't have a football season, we may have to look at cutting some sports on campus because most sports are non-revenue sports. And so you're having to deal with a lot of things right now in college athletics that, um, None of us ever thought we'd be dealing with, but then we're dealing with this in, in a societal frame that uh, we just don't know. And, and I think we're going to have to watch and see how this plays out. And the one thing that I will always say, and that's, you know, people have asked me, you know, look, they're, they're going to, at least from an optic standpoint, are not going to do anything to put players in a practice situation, a meeting situation, uh, a social gathering situation on campus, off campus, and certainly not playing unless we've got some real signs that it's safe to do so, you know, because that's different. Now, you know, I've, I've been asked to compare like football and the, the NFL and the college. I could see a scenario. I'm not saying this would happen. I could see a scenario. I don't think it's going to happen this way where the NFL might say, look, players association owners, you know, if we get some leeway, we might be willing to play games without fans. There's a television contract. If the players sign off on it, the owners sign off on it, we know if we we don't play uh, and we have the option to play, we're gonna we're gonna be leaving money on the table. Um, I could see a scenario. I'm not saying it would happen, and probably they wouldn't, but I could see an opening where the NFL might do it. That's not happening in college. You're not going to risk players. If, like, for example, if students can't go back to campus for school, we're not going to have college football games. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen. But let's hope and pray that that we can get back to campus. I know some professors. Uh, one of them is one of my best friends. Um, and, you know, it's it's not the same. I mean, they're not getting the same level of education as, 
it, online is you, you know, I mean, it's just not quite the same as what they're telling me. So, I mean, I, I worry about what's happening, you know, with grammar school kids and, you know, element, you know, the high school kids and all that. There are a lot of things that, that, you know, are on hold that, you know, we haven't even gotten into it, but what do you deal with the, with a, a group of, you know, high school seniors that if we're not playing college football, we're not playing high school football. And so now you're recruiting kids that you haven't seen play for a while. I mean, it, it, it brings into some dynamics that again, in terms of the real world may not be big, but I, it makes, gives me a headache trying to figure out. And I don't have the answers because oh, yeah. it's not like I can sit and say, you know what, back in 1918, when I was, you know, a college <laughs> coach, we had this Spanish flu and we did it. Cause back in 1918, they had a similar problem, but they didn't have the world of college football. Wasn't what no. it is today. And the NFL wasn't even around and pro football wasn't even around then. So, this is not something you can go back and say, you know, the, the closest thing is after nine 11 and I, in my state in Louisiana, we've had Katrina and, you know, that set you back for a couple of weeks and actually longer than that, but it, it was, it was something that was more regional or local. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. nationwide that everybody's dealing with that. Yeah, we just course. don't have the answers to. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second. And look, I know there's really, no sports to bet on at least our four major sports here in our country and with no NBA NHL or major league baseball, you might agree that there's nothing to bet on, but bet online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack and sports aren't totally done. You got mixed martial arts, American idol. I think I know who I want to put my money on. The elections, the spelling bee, their $750,000 poker series, they're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. Do you think that some of the the more CEO-type head coaches – will do better with this than I guess more of the hands-on coaches, because you know what I'm talking about the, the, the coaches that more that, that run their program like a business. They, they kind of, uh, they, they defer some of the responsibilities to other coaches or they, they delegate leadership and things like that, as opposed to the guys who are really up close and personal with these players. Well, keep in mind that head coaches have a different role and, Yes, some of them are more hands-on as on-the-field coaches, and some of them are a little bit more delegators. But the guy that they're the guys that they're delegating to can't have any interaction with the player. So uh-huh. you're still dealing with the fact that everybody's at ground zero of you can't, you know, communicate with the players in a one-on-one, you know, room setting or a walkthrough setting or anything like that. You're having to deal with it through video conferencing. So um I, you know, it, it's really nothing that is an advantage other than if you got a veteran team, you know, that you're bringing a lot of guys back, you know, that may be a little bit more seamless and coming back. If you come back and it's, it's August, you got mm-hmm. two weeks to get ready for the season. Well, that experienced team that's played a lot together, maybe have an advantage as opposed to, 
we don't know who our quarterback's going to be. We don't have a lot of reps. We're breaking into who receiving core, right? All that stuff becomes, hey, I got new coordinators. That, that, that becomes a little bit more up in the air as opposed to, you know, people who've had more stability within the program for whatever reason. That might have a slight edge. But at this point, the teaching part of it, no one's having a real edge. Um, unless we get to a point where, you know, and again, this is where I think all the conferences need to get together and figure out, look, we, we need to allow for video conference teaching and we need to do certain things. And, um, you know, if, if some will be able to do it and some don't, well, then that's going to be dis, a disadvantage to the ones that don't. And I don't see why they would would say no to that. Um That'd be foolish in my mind to to prevent that. There's there's nothing wrong or dangerous about that, of course. Let's uh, let's talk some recruiting, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Leach landed a big recruit here, uh, top top rated quarterback Sawyer Robertson, um, out of uh, Lubbock, chooses to go to Mississippi State. That's the first first big recruit here for Mike Leach uh, as the head coach of the Bulldogs. Yeah, he's got a few transfers, and of course, he's got this back this kid from Lubbock that he's got a background with. At least it's been a while since he's been in Lubbock, but certainly his name uh, kind of stands on high ground there. You know, it's going to be interesting. He's got a lot of quarterbacks now. He's got transfer guys. I mean, I don't know yeah, how KJ they him. Yeah. KJ is there, and uh, they're there again. Um, the amount of time and everything. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops, but uh, Look, I, I think that the real key for Mike is going to be can he elevate his recruiting. Uh, I think he's been able to uh, do some creative things at Texas Tech and at Washington State. Uh, but at the at this level, going up against just the teams he's got to go up against in the SEC West, um, he's not going to be out coaching people on a regular basis. He's going to have to get enough playmakers. And I do think – there's some players at Mississippi State, and there's some good players in the state of Mississippi and the Deep South, but can Mike really work that angle and be competitive on a recruiting level uh, that can allow him to compete? Um, that's that's going to be the, the the whole issue for him going forward. But it's been, you know, you mentioned recruiting. It's been a very active couple of weeks, um, just kind of a, a whip around. Now, Ohio State's been outstanding. Um, uh, Penn State got a really good left tackle away from Notre Dame and got committed. Um, certainly uh, Georgia and, and Alabama doing a good job in the SEC. Clemson still kind of rocking and rolling in the ACC. North Carolina's had a good um, a little spring recruiting here. Uh, Rutgers is doing a very good job with Greg Schiano now, relatively yeah. speaking. Yep. Can they hold on to it? Now, here's the one thing that's interesting. There's a little bit of an advantage with local kids since they're not taking visits now. So let's take recruiting to the standpoint of the recruit. They're it's not taking their point. They're, they're not yeah. visiting. They can't visit. So a lot of them are just narrowing down their schools. So is that a big reason why Rutgers has gotten so many commitments? And we've got all the names and all the daily updates over at LandryFootball.com and our college notebooks. But can Rutgers hold on to it? December is a long way away. And so that's going to be interesting out West. I'm seeing a little bit, not a lot, a little bit of spike in USC's early recruiting. I'm seeing Florida having an impact with Tim Brewster on the staff. Uh, Mike Norvell's doing some good things at Florida state. Um, Oklahoma's continue to recruit. Well, so 
the 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 typical leaders in recruiting are continuing to recruit well i think mike loxley's doing some good things at maryland and i think he's benefiting a little bit with some local guys that are or at least uh got maryland on the short list so it's a very active time in recruiting and it's probably the biggest news cycle because the coaching movement's pretty much done the transfer news still is a few each every day but recruiting is a lot of guys are continuing to recruit and some of them are uh, narrowing down their list and announcing that late May or early May or late April, they're going to make their announcement. Well, they're going to make their announcements that they're going to hold true to that. They're going to hold true to based upon who they visited to this point, but they're basically, if they haven't visited a school, they're not visiting them uh, until that opens up again. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but I'm super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are so soft. They hold up in the wash and they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, you can wear them to work, around the house, you can wear them while you're working out, around the house, and it sounds like we're going to be doing that a lot now that all the gyms are closed because of the coronavirus. The best part about this they're incredibly cheap only $15 and now you can get them for even less so go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout believe that's b-l-e-a-v for 20% off at trueclassictees.com it's i read an interesting article um the other day about um there was a uh, 66 college coaches espn had this article it was one of their espn plus things 66 college coaches voted on the top recruits from the class of 2020. And, you know, Clemson, they had the number one class, and rightfully so. But I'm curious to see if you can nail who coaches, the most coaches voted for as the top recruits here in 2020. Um, you, you mean the, the, the exact players? Yeah, let's or, see. If you or, can, let, let's see. Let's well, see. If you can, I'll give you. I'll give you here. I'll give you. There's I, out of the I top can't. five. One, two, three. Let me count them. Four and five guys. Two of them are at Oregon. One at Ohio State. One at Clemson, and one at LSU. Well, um, the 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 kid, the the guys that I think are the absolute best of the group um the defensive lineman for clemson uh brian Brice is is the best that they've had in a long time uh in fact if you think about all the defensive linemen that have come through clemson in some time he is the best of the bunch at this stage so i think he's he's like really really good um in terms of uh lsu eric gilbert who's that's, with an yep, injury, that's, that's who the a, coaches, the coaches, Chris voted him as the top guy. Um, yeah, ex, out, of ex, the, out of the ex, class, except um, he's got an injury, and now, of course, nobody's participating in the spring, but yeah, they think he's going to be ready for the start of the fall. Um, Julian Fleming out of uh, of Ohio State's a receiver that can help them early. Um, I think Jordan Birch at South Carolina can help him. Bryce Young, the quarterback, uh, I think could could have a lot of impact early for Alabama, as can Chris Breswell from Baltimore is another good one 
Give me another. Uh, I, I forgot. Give me the hints of the schools. Two Oregon players, both linebackers. Oh, uh, Justin Flo, the, the kid from yeah. California, is, is is a really good one. Um, and I think Noah Sewell uh, is, a, is right. a local kid from Utah. And I give you another one there. Dante Manning is a corner from Missouri that's also at Oregon that's going to be going to be really good uh, remember the name Rakeem Jarrett uh, who can have an early impact as a receiver for for Maryland um, is somebody uh, as well so who anybody else that we're missing in that group did, did well, the, those, so the top, yeah the top five that they voted um, they voted uh, Eric Gilbert as number one Brian Breesey as number two Paris Johnson, the tackle the for tackle. Ohio State. I was State about to mention, three. that's the Ohio yeah. State guy. The the and, and, and I'm surprised they don't have Julian Fleming there. The, he's the receiver from um, uh, from Pennsylvania that they beat Penn State on that uh, I think could have a lot of impact. But Paris Johnson is a big-time offensive tackle from Princeton High School in Cincinnati. It's going to be really, uh, really yeah. outstanding. And then they rounded out with uh, Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. So basically what they did was, it's really interesting. So they went around, they polled 66 coaches to vote like on, on the players. And then they took of the players and they gathered up the votes. So it was, you know, like Eric Gilbert received eight votes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so did Brian Breesey. They both received eight votes. And then that's it. The, the, the next highest player was Paris Johnson, who got four votes. So that was it was just it's just interesting to look at how some of these coaches from around the country view some of these players who ended up signing up with different programs, obviously, you know. Yeah. And I think um, I think um, to another guy to, to put in it, Desmond Evans, uh, who's a local kid that's going to North Carolina, I think, could have an early impact. I think I mentioned Jordan Birch from South Carolina yeah. uh, local. There's well, you know who, who, we, who we didn't mention is someone that we talked about him when he first signed. And that is the heir apparent to Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, DJ Owagalele. Yes, uh, and and of course, and I don't know how they. Uh, you know, he's certainly not going to have an impact this year with Trevor coming no. back, but yeah. he certainly has a has a another impact. Now, I'll give you another guy that Clemson's going to have an impact pretty early is Miles Murphy. He's a defensive end from Powder Springs, Georgia. He's another five star guy. So, yeah, the rich get richer. There's there's no question <laughs> about it. You know, Miles Hinton too is another one. He's another Georgia kid thinking about it. Big offensive tackle. He's going to Stanford. So, yeah, there's a number of good ones. Uh, by the way, still don't have a home for Zach Evans yet. Uh, That's right. A, it's a, it, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how that play. Almost kind of forgotten with, with everything going on in the world. But, yeah, it, it is uh, – it, it's certainly um, going to be an interesting – uh, class and uh, certainly hope we can get it uh, get it on schedule and uh, certainly move towards the class of 2021, which is everybody's focusing on right now. And you can read about all these players too in the notebooks on LandryFootball.com. Absolutely, we've got all the uh, information as these guys commit. They visit. They narrow down their list. You learned a little bit about them as players, how they fit in, how they ranked nationally regionally within the state and certainly when you get the draft behind me i'm going to start working on putting together a recruiting board for class of 2021 by state by region and so that's always fun to get a list of those players as well as get the scouting information on them um it's a it's a, a really good read and a good feel for for understanding these players. And the more you get to know these players when they come into college, the more you know about them as they work their way through the college ranks and then obviously onto the NFL. So um, we got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. College game, the pro game, from recruiting to the draft, 
college information, the news and notes, inside information. We got it all for you. It's like having your own scouting department or coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. And even now better with our scouting season offer, man, less than $5 a month. They'll get you all of that through all the way next football season. You can try it out for a month or three months as well. Whatever is your pleasure, we got it for you. The draft boards are up. The free agent boards are up. And so we're ready, locked and loaded and ready for you there. So come join us and check us out. And be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on there. And if there's anything you want us to get into on the podcast while we're all trying to get through this uh, coronavirus pandemic together, just uh, shoot us a tweet or go to LandryFootball.com and click on the contact Chris icon. You can send an email and we'll be sure to answer any questions that you have about the upcoming uh, college football season or whatever you guys want to get into, because we are here for you during uh, this time of, you know, this time of need. So, Chris, stay safe out there. Uh, continue your social distancing. And that means uh, like being locked, lock yourself in the film room and, uh, you know, be sure to pop in some of those old tapes every now and then. OK, absolutely. The tapes don't have uh, the virus. I'm in good shape because that's about all I'm not dealing with right now. But hey, be real, safe real, there, everybody. Real, real quick, real quick. Yes. Texas USC, best game you've ever watched? 05 Rose Bowl? The Vince Young touchdown? Um, no, I would say uh, 1971 Oklahoma, Nebraska, 35-31 would rank a little bit higher. But it certainly – I would have to sit there and give it some thought. But I would off the top of my head, it would probably be in my top five. But that that's maybe, that whole maybe, 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 maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll take we'll a look that. at some of our favorite games. But, because that USC – that Vince Young touchdown, that USC Texas game, probably the best game I've ever watched. It, Sit it down, was a great one. On, you know, yeah. It was All a great right, so we'll one. We'll do that next week. We'll have fun with that. Sounds good. That sounds good. All right, talk to you then. You bet. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.